Charm Diamond Centers. Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to say 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm Diamond Centers. Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love. Charm Diamond Centers. 0% interest financing, trade-up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound like Charm Diamond Centers. Wow, that was really good. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour of straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Now, How quickly you unmute the microphones, Tyler. What is that green yeah, button that you green just pushed? What does that one do? Only one person can talk. Um, the green button puts like one voice track solo in the headphones. So we could have a bunch of stuff going. And like, if I hit this, like only my voice, I think would be in the headphones. I can't hear my voice in the headphones. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Roadcaster. Here we are. Episode 164, Oilers Nation Radio. Bag Milk, Tyler, Rick, and Dan here. Let's get started with it. Tyler, might as well jump into the big news of the week after Kyle Beach, um, did a interview with Rick Westhead. On TSN that same day, that morning, Duncan Keith spoke to the media about the Blackhawks situation, what he did or didn't know. Um, Tyler, I know you've been talking about it a lot on yeah. the rundown. Uh, we talked about it yesterday on Real Life. Maybe just get us started with what uh, what's the latest. Well, I mean, if we want to go back to earlier this week, we had the conclusion of the investigation. It was made public as well, which I think is an important step. There's no more of this like sources are telling me or like this may have happened. This may have not happened. There really is like a lot of concrete info in that report, as you'd expect. Um, Kyle Beach came out and uh, revealed his identity as John Doe, which I, I was a little bit con- I, great that he did it. You know, yeah. I, it was a very courageous moment. Insanely courageous. Yeah. Very and, brave. And watching that interview with Rick Westhead tough. was like, oh, man. Yeah, really I, hard to get through, but everyone should watch it. But also, he kind of even touched on it. Like, the report kind of outed him in a way. There should have been some redacted stuff in there. There should have been a, like, I'm a not lot a lawyer, of stuff should have been redacted, if you ask me. But, like, you sat, you, you, you read, read through the report, and yeah. you, it goes 20-year-old on the black aces. And I think at one point it says it his height and his weight. His height and weight, yeah. So that was the that's the that's the end of it. At that point, it is. So it's just like, oh, okay, you can put it together. All yeah. all that stuff, all that stuff should have been redacted. Exactly what happened should have been redacted. We as people don't need to know the 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 details as long as it went through and someone says yes, this is definitely sexual assault or something like that. 
Joe Blow doesn't need to know exactly what happened to yeah. him. I know personally, if that was me, I'm fairly certain I would not want the details out there. The fact that it was just the the, the two words sexual assault was out there would probably be enough for me. Yeah. Personally, I didn't like the fact that stuff was out there. I don't know why somebody would want to read that other than just wanting to know all the details, wanting to drive past the, the collision and see it. Um, it's, it I was think, unnecessary. To I me. think it's important for everybody to hear everything. I think that, but why? that, the, transparency, it, that the transparency right now is going to help move us forward with the culture and yeah. it's going to let people start to see the signs of, you know, the, the bantering on the ice, I, that stuff, that was what, that yeah, was that the was part bad. that really yeah. got me with the teammates making fun of you for it. That that's where it gets frustrating for me. But I think it's important that we just, we have to talk about this stuff and we have to talk about it in yes, sometimes graphic terms because it's just the way that we start to reconcile. But now he can go happened. anywhere and anybody can yell everything at him now because everybody knows or anybody who wants to know yeah. can know. And I think he knew that. And I, that's why that's why we keep saying this word courageous. Yeah. Because I, he was putting himself out there. Yeah. So I thought, it, I, and I, I also think that really helps people like really understand that there is a victim here, right? 100%. Like John Doe, it's like, okay, it's a nameless player in the organization. Like, I don't know who it is. And the fact that he came out, you saw the emotions that were on his face as he was going back yep. through things and talking about it with Rick Westhead. I thought... Kyle Beach coming forward took a lot of strength. So I, oh, I think definitely and did. he's getting a lot of love for it. And rightfully so, man, because there's, there's and not enough. I mean, when you're watching beginning. that, I was watching the interview, like a lot of people with Rick mm -hmm. Westhead on TSN and Rick Westhead's done an amazing job. That's with this entire story, by too, the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so is Katie strength. She deserves a lot of hundred percent. Well. I just wanted to say like, man, watching Kyle Beach talk about, tell his story in on that platform was incredibly brave, but heartbreaking at the same time to watch just, when to hear him talk about Aldrich's day with the cup celebration, being in the room, all that, and how that made him feel just awful. And all when he's 20 years old. Yeah. And 20 years old, Good and kid. you know, and he's a child. Six AHL games, no NHL games. And everything about the situation is horrible. Um, obviously, here at Edmonton, uh, there was a tie because Duncan Keith played on that team. So when he was asked about it on. What would that have been Thursday, Wednesday morning? Yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday Thursday, yeah. So Wednesday morning, Duncan Keith was asked about it. He said he didn't find out until uh, lawsuits were filed um, yesterday. Or he also said he did not participate in the investigation yesterday, which was Thursday. TSN's Ryan Rashog tweeted, following up on a detail from yesterday, Keith was asked by the law firm to be interviewed, but given the option, he declined. His reasoning, according to Keith, is because he did not know anything about the allegation previously and he didn't have anything else to contribute. Personally, um, this is just my opinion, my thoughts. Uh, I have a hard time believing Duncan Keith, who wore a letter for the Chicago Blackhawks at that time did not know. Even if you listen to what Jonathan Tave said, where he found out the following training camp, if you believe that to be true, I just, I find it hard to believe that Duncan Keith didn't also know at that time. Now at that, what is Duncan Keith supposed to do about it at that time? If he did find out then since Aldrich was already gone, I don't know. I don't have that information. I have no idea. I don't even know what to say right now, but it's, I think yeah, it's, it's not just, easy. it's not I, easy. I think it's just, all of it just seems really weird and it's dark and it's sad and it even sucks that, you know, we're starting off the podcast this way, but we have to talk about it. We have to kind of discuss what happened. Well, and, and it's important to note too, bag milk, as you were saying there as well, is that, and Kyle Beach has pointed it out himself that his teammates, there's other teammates 
of his mm-hmm. that say that that's not true, and they dispel what has coming out from the players within the NHL mostly. Um, so yeah, there's there's still a lot of moving parts to this, but I I just think that coming forward and moving forward from this, we just we all have to learn some lessons from this, and I and I think that that's the biggest takeaway that I hope that everybody has from it is that we just there's lessons to be learned, there's things to be watching for, and speaking up and defending people is is super important but yeah I, I, it's 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 tough that we have to start this way but i think it's an important conversation for the four of us to have too with the, with the listeners um, yeah there's a couple other things i wanted to touch on just on this topic one like joel quenville probably isn't going to coach another or shouldn't ever coach another game in the nhl and he shouldn't have been coaching his last game like he was the fact that they didn't just put him on administrative leave and said hey you're not coaching until this investigation's done and until your interview with gary bettman's done is Weird. Mind-boggling. The interview should have been pushed up fast so that nobody had to do that. The interview should have been done. If everything came out Wednesday, it should have been done Wednesday or Thursday morning before the game. I agree with you a thousand percent. He should not have been coaching that game. He shouldn't have been coaching that game. So, I mean, yeah, Quenville's done. All the people who, like, actively covered it up are out of hockey, I think. Shevel Dayoff's the one that's interesting because... because this morning... Yeah, this morning it was announced Kevin Shevel Dayoff's cleared. He's not going to get any punishment. So there's... On one hand... Out of everyone who was involved in that initial meeting, and that what, was group his exa- exa- what was his exact job at the time? I think he was their AGM. Yeah, he was the assistant general manager. So he's in that meeting. He's the most junior level executive that's in that meeting. And the reason I think Shevel Dayoff can keep his job, and again, not that I'm in some high and mighty position to be throwing this down there, but he was the most junior member. That doesn't really exclude him from anything, but he was out of the organization in pretty short order after the Stanley Cup final. And he was off, gone to Winnipeg, and then even if he were to look back, Aldrich was also out of the organization. So for all Kevin Sheffield they off knew, he might have said, hey, has this been dealt with? And not, and I, this is me giving him the benefit of the doubt, and I absolutely shouldn't be. I understand that. But, but there, you can see how Sheffield Dayoff does, maybe doesn't have to lose his job, but I don't understand how the NHL is not giving him anything for this. I get I don't know. I don't know where you, where you start at trying to look at something for him because his job... His responsibility here would have been to tell his boss what he knows, right? In these situations, you tell your superior, and they they deal with it. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think he kind of got away, because obviously he was not the one in charge in charge. Yeah. Therefore, um, Quenville and whoever is above and above and above. But can we just talk about, like, I get it, Chicago, blah, 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 blah. But the NHLPA knew. Donald Fear knew, yeah, and it didn't go anywhere. Like we're sitting problem. here yelling at you know Keith and, and and Taves and whoever else, but there's so many more people involved in this yep. that didn't do a goddamn thing. And now so, they get to sit, sit there and just throw uh, uh, apology things and say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I feel bad." Blah blah blah. That's where the fucking. That's where we got to be looking. How, this is never going to solve in all of society because this is everywhere in this fucking world. But people get away with this. People can be like, "Oh, I just." They just wash your hands of it somewhere. We sit here pointing at the fucking wrong people. So well, I not the wrong people, the, but not the most. Not everybody. The I wrongest think. people or something. I think everybody. I, I don't a think a lot of finger pointing yeah. to go to go around here. I don't think anybody in this situation is is you know anything but frustrated and angry and sad about it. But I think that there has to come a point where the punishment has to shift into changing your changing your perspectives identifying where you made your mistakes you know for Shevel Dayoff i hope that he has a better understanding of what his misstep was and he doesn't you're right rick i don't think he, apo- he owes anybody an apology except for Kyle Beach 
and the victims that followed after I just, that. I, and that's where the I don't know what they're supposed the to. I don't know what from. they're supposed to do. I get it. Like, hey, listen, that is terrible. Um, I'm sorry, I wasn't able to take it to. Fir- I don't know where he's supposed to go. Like, you tell yeah. your boss. Yep. And so, that's, and then they go do something. And so that's where I, like I say, I think that the biggest thing we have to take away from this, and the reason we have to thank Kyle Beach forever, is that hopefully we start to learn some lessons and we start to identify those situations where maybe there's something we could have done more. And you're right, Rick. I understand what you're saying that in 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 the structure with Shevel Dayoff specifically, he followed or he he would have followed the procedure there, right? But again, it's just you know in the future now Shevel Dayoff is a GM. And so now he knows what needs to be done. Hopefully, but he should have known in the first place. Yeah. He should have known. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, but that, that's you can punish everybody and until the end of time. But the way that we fix this and the way that we fix the culture is to start to educate and learn from it. Yeah, but well, I also, I also think too. But the the I just want to step in and say the culture thing. Like hockey culture, obviously needs to change in terms of this the bro business and all that bullshit. But mm-hmm. this is a this is a this huge all over the fucking world. Is this is not a hockey thing. Hockey. Absolutely. But I think that hockey needs to say you know what, like, this is the time to start signaling. Society needs to say it. Society, of course, does. Because it could happen anywhere. It happens everywhere. Schools, churches, my business, your business, every industry out there, and it never gets dealt with fucking properly. Well, and also, this is... And that's the fucking problem. And again, Donald Fear knew. Two people in the PA who are supposed to be taking care of the players knew. At least two people. Yeah. And nothing is coming at these people. Yep. So we're going to sit here and yell at the guys in Chicago for... And rightfully so. Not hundred percent, but two people outside the outside the team that weren't going to be affecting the 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 cup run or whatever the fuck you want to talk about. Two or three people at least outside the team did fucking nothing. We have not once brought up the names outside of Donald Fear. Mm-hmm. There's been no questions about oh. them losing their job, stepping down, we're or still, anything. Yeah, we're still, it's still but they're a not. But no one's no one's brought it up. Nobody sat there. You read Twitter all the time. Has anyone said, who are those two people on the PA that didn't know? Why didn't Donald Fear do something? That's the fucking question right there. Those are the people that are supposed to be out there protecting, and they're not. And that happens everywhere in this fucking world. Until that gets dealt with, it's going to be in hockey. It's going to be in It's in everything. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't like, know what else you say, really. It's just, it's every, there's... This story doesn't just go away because it's the Chicago Blackhawks. It's an NHL thing. This is, like Rick said, is everywhere, unfortunately. And until it's properly addressed, and I don't even know how you do that. I'm not going to pretend to be smart enough to know that. Um, we need to do better. Everybody needs to do better. It's and not I, just an NHL standpoint. It's everything. And I think sort of this conversation we had here for, for 15 minutes really sums up a lot of it. Because, like, I mean, we go from talking about how courageous Kyle Beach is for coming forward. And, like, there's one emotion. Then, like, you know, sick at what happened too because now we know what happened from the report and you're sick and you're sad about that and then you're just so so fucking mad at the hawks too like they're still out there trying to dismiss this thing in in court yep like they're a couple of months ago they were basically calling kyle Kyle beach a liar liar, yeah telling him that his his claims had nothing that it would you know this wasn't a thing because like, if you do that long enough, the way it's built outside... They the, were trying the to way, silence them. Yeah, and that, but that's you can do that everywhere. Yeah. And it just... There's it's so wrong. many so many just really, really head-scratching, head-shaking, gut-wrenching parts about this whole story. And that's why it's been such a dominant story this whole week and why it's yeah. going to be a dominant story for a long, long time. Like, we're not going to forget about this. We're not going to forget about Kyle Beach and, and what happened to him and how, how he was coming forward and all that. It's... 
there and there's no easy way to transition off it either like i've been doing shows all week with frank at dfo and it's like man when you dig into this it is really really hard to just like stop pivot and be like let's talk hockey now I think it's important that the fans keep having the conversation. I think it's important that we keep that conversation going. And this is not... It's not going to, though. It's different. It's going to start to go It's a different situation, but that's what I was going to say, is that we are also sitting here... You know, we've talked about Akeem Alou in the past, and there's a a situation that's just coming to light now in Pittsburgh. Um, So it's not... You know, I I hope that you're right, Tyler, and I hope that this this isn't just a news cycle that's going to end because we have to keep talking about it. But... I do also think that we have to keep keep trying to, you know, enjoy the rest of the sport and and uh, yeah, it's not on the sport and and but at the same time it's in the sport, the sure, but it's in the sport is in the society. But this is on this is a societal thing. It's so much bigger than hockey itself. Yep. And if we don't fix out there, then hockey or basketball or football or gymnastics or swimming or churches or schools or this industry or that industry, they're never. It's never going to get fixed. It needs to be dealt with on a on a on a global level. And until that we do it that way, you can sit there and finger point this culture, that culture, whatever culture, it is everybody's culture. So I think just to end this off, um, I'll just encourage, so the article at OilersNation.com for the podcast, I'm going to include Kyle Beach's interview with Rick Westhead right there in the article. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to watch it. Uh, it's important. It's heavy. It's just over 20 minutes, but it's it's important that I, I think it's very important that you watch it. And just like Tyler said, you can't transition from something like this. So we'll just take a quick break. Tyler, maybe play a little something and then we'll come back with the normal stuff. <laughs> All right, we're back. Tyler, we are going to get back into Oilers Nation Radio, the regular programming. Do you have a delicious debate for us today for our friends at Oodle Noodle, sir? I do have a delicious debate for you. Shout out to Oodle Noodle as well. And if you team up Oodle Noodle and DoorDash and use the promo code Oodle2021, you get $7 off a order of $30 or more. And you can use that promo code 10 times. I promise you, it is good value. You'll feed yourself. You'll feed your friends. Mm -hmm. Everybody's happy. A noodle box is great cold in the morning too. And that's what what I've been saying. So like Saturday, Saturday night Oilers game, you don't want to cook. You know you're going to have a couple bevies during the game. Obviously, Halloween weekend. Go order $30 worth of Oodle Noodle. Use the promo code. It's down to $23 right there. You basically get two meals, plus the servings are huge. Breakfast for free. Breakfast for free and lunch for free, probably, if we're being honest. Anyways, the delicious debate because we're getting sidetracked here. Uh, Do you want to see any lineup changes for the Oilers before the game against the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday night? Ooh, I like that. Back to Oodle Noodle. What if we Rick, toss the leftovers in your air fryer, buddy. I'm telling you. (laughs) I'm going to... I'm going to write that down in my hand, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Air fryer. It's legit. Genius. Leftovers. Tyler got me on that as soon as I got my air fryer. Legit. All right. So line combos. Looking. There is a change already, though. Yeah, they're talking about one, but we can talk. About what are we it. talking it's, about? Hit us uh, up. Gregor, Gregor's saying on the fourth line, it might be uh, Benson coming in for uh, Lamborghini Perlini. Yes. I don't mind that. Yeah, I no, I like, I, like, I like seeing uh, uh, give Benson some opportunities here. Yeah, I mean, I think that Benson's got to get some opportunities. He's got to get some at-bats. I don't think he's looked out of place. I don't think he's shined necessarily He's only had the one game, though. And I keep forgetting Perlini's on the team. Exactly. So I think that, you know what, if you're going to slot Benson in, he's earned the opportunity with the way he played through training camp and preseason. Why not? There was a couple of shifts there in the game on against the Flyers where McDavid did end up playing with Perlini and, and Turris, and it was not good. Well, yeah, it was noticeably not good. And that's exactly it. Like the only time we've noticed 
Perlini specifically for me. Like the Lamborghini Perlini thing was great in the preseason. So far in the regular season, he's been very, very quiet. And I get he's not playing a lot, so maybe that's not entirely his fault. But yeah. you got to do what you can with the minutes you get, and he hasn't been doing that. Turris at least is playing a bit of a role on the power play. I've noticed him getting in on the forecheck a little bit more. Like I haven't hated Kyle Turris's game, and that's not to say I've hated Brendan Perlini's game. I just think you can very easily justify him coming out of the lineup because sure. they've been they've been getting anything from the fourth line. So what so we're looking sure at is Benson Shore Turris for a fourth line tomorrow. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd do with that lineup though? Like would you Yes. Yes. What do you got? I'd bring McLeod up to add in there and drop one of the two. I think he just needs to add some more offense into that line if you want um, Benson to succeed. If you want um, that offensive guy like McLeod to succeed in that line, you need two offensive type players, and then you can put your Shore. So in your scenario, uh, Rick, are you dropping Shore or are you dropping Turris? Uh, I might ask Shore to go play the right wing or Benson to play the right wing, put McLeod, uh, McLeod in there. Yeah, just run the three of them, figure it out from there. I know McLeod wasn't great with face-offs, so probably short taking the draws. Maybe you can swap after the draws are done, but I would prefer to see the McLeod, Shore, Benson line. I think there's a lot of speed there. I think you have some offensive capabilities there. The only thing that scares me is those guys got to find a way to play as effectively as possible with only seven, eight, nine, ten minutes yeah. of ice time. Can I just say that I've missed us debating fourth line roster you changes. To. You got to. Because like. if I'm, I'm looking at, so I'm looking at the lineups for tomorrow, Dan. Hyman, McDavid, Pugliarvi, I'm not touching. Oh. Nope. Nuge, Drysaddle, Yamamoto. Now, here's something with Yamamoto on the right side. Cold Give right now. 10 uh, games at least. Hey, man, I'm giving him time. Yeah. He's I'm just, had I'm 40 asking. games and he's not producing. No, I'm he just asking questions here. So, I Tyler, give, you're getting fired up. I 10 games at this season. Let's, 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 let's walk it through. Let's say mm-hmm. Yamamoto needs... Uh, to get flipped, who are you putting there, Tyler? Are Fogel. you flipping Cassian or Fogel? But I want, you're Fogel. taking away that, that line, though. That line is so good. They weren't that good against Philly. Okay, but the other games they were. I I would rather have my second line get going than have my third line stay was, rolling. Was the offense that bad against Philly? I thought the third third line was on the ice for a couple. Of I, I feel the, like uh, they I feel like they dominated them for the most part, and there was just a ton of block shots by Philly. Which there was a ton of block shots by Philly. I also think that just. The weather's passed up some chances to shoot, probably. That's a little that bit I will agree with. Yeah, nope, that, that is a fair point, the passing. But I felt like the offense was there to win the game. And we just had some they horrendous still, gaffes. We said this last week. They still, I know they've only played one game since, but they've still only, they haven't had a good game yet. Like yeah. a good all-around game, that game where you're like, yeah, that's the Oilers. Yeah, that's the team that could possibly get in the, you know, uh, yeah. push for the cup in the final. We After I watched that first period, I felt like the Oilers like, didn't belong, or the Flyers didn't belong on the ice with the Oilers. Yeah, the Oilers were the better team against Philly. I get that. I'll actually say, like, they maybe even played a perfect game, but the win against Vegas was impressive. Yeah. Like, that one, I, I give them an A grade for. Maybe not an A plus, but I think for the second of back to backs against Vegas, that's an A performance. But, um, like, I just, it's. Well, let's walk through it, Tyler. First line, are you changing? No. Second line, are you changing? Yes, I'm putting. I want to put Fogel up with Drysaddle and Nugent Hopkins and see that that's a line that. So could. then, I what does your agree. third line look like? My third line is Yamamoto, Cassie, and Derek Ryan. Do we yeah. have a lot of... I respectfully uh, don't agree. Why not? Do we have a lot of evidence of, of Fogel playing his off wing and then one of the two on the third line playing their off wing? Yamamoto could probably flip and Fogel has. Okay. I'm not too worried about it. And I mean, Yamamoto can't get any less effective. Fogel has, like you said that with certainty. Do you know this for sure? Or are you just making things up and we all believe you? Yeah, man. We, once, we once got a player from that exact same team that Fogel came from. Eric Cole. We yes. put him on the wrong side. And the guy <laughs> might as well play playing no goddamn stick. You put him on the right side and the guy was like fucking Wayne Gretzky. You put him on the left side where we were going to play him all the time. And the guy couldn't buy a goddamn I wonder goal. how many <laughs> listeners said Eric Cole at the same time or right before I Just did. everybody knew it was I Eric Cole. I think everybody, right when you job. said we 
got one player from them that everybody was like, yeah, Eric Cole. But my thing is with Yamamoto, while I feel that sentiment sometimes that you do, Tyler, every time I get that feeling for a second, he then turns around and just stick lifts the guy at the right point or, or is dogged on that puck retrieval in the zone, and he makes up for his mistake in my mind. No, he doesn't because he's playing in the top six with Leon Dreisaitl. Like, if all you're going to do is forecheck hard and create turnovers, and create but you can't score, he doesn't. Chances for I don't team. give a shit if you're creating chances for 50 games. Score some damn chances. There's nobody on this team that's going to replace him that's going to do better than him. Warren Fogel will. I don't. I, Warren, I just Fogel, don't see it. Warren Fogel skates better and he's a bigger body and he's shown he has better offensive touch. But he's on his off wing. He can play that wing. I'm literally looking up his fucking line mates <laughs> in Carolina true. last year. I, I see him. He's doing that yeah, right he now. Yeah, he is doing that right now. Um, the thing about. Uh, Dave, like, I don't know how much it matters really that a guy's on his off wing too necessarily. Like, I know we've been trained. Pick up the puck on your own end to believe that 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 that, 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 um, breakout pass. Yeah, that one. But like, these guys are also. I mean, you know, they're pro athletes. But you're also got a pro athlete coming down at you too. Yeah, that's fair. But I just don't know if if you're putting Fogel on his off wing, how much it really matters. I guess if we're walking through this exercise here, Eric Cole. No, you don't got to tell me about Eric Cole, man. I lived it. I remember it. I remember it. All right. Well, Tyler's looking up his Warren Fogel. Yeah, yeah, because he's played with Martinuk and McGinn, and those two guys he would have been left wingers. All right, Dan, what do you think? You change anything up in your lines? I wouldn't touch the forwards. I would put in Chris Russell. Really? Yeah. Chris Russell instead of Cuckoo. Slater Cuckoo was good last game. uh, I didn't think that he was, and his and his instinct when he gets beat is to take a penalty, and I hate that. I hate that. That's like a Calgary Flames mentality. If you get beat, (laughs) just lose. Don't don't what? turn around and tackle the guy. He got he took down that the one the one time he actually did take a penalty. <laughs> he just tackled the dude that that beat him clean. Like it doesn't make sense to me. And the guy got the shot off. By the way, I bet you it wasn't as good of a shot though. He's being tackled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's I just, true. I just I just would put Russell in. That's that's the only tweak that I'd make. And obviously, I'd like to change the goaltender. But and that's not to say that I hate Miko Koskinen's game. It's just like for me, he he didn't learn in that game what. His Slater Cuckoo's taken one penalty this year, and it was that one. Ooh! If you're hey, if you can <laughs> shit on the team for having a bad game against Philadelphia, I when can, did I shit on them? You just said you didn't like Perlini's game because he played poorly against oh, Philadelphia. Perlini hasn't, Perlini hasn't done shit in the entire regular season, season Dan. Yeah, don't put words in my mouth. I said they were the better team against <laughs> Philly. He'll, he'll do it himself. You didn't like the fourth line against Philly. <laughs> No, I haven't liked the fourth line once all year. That's no. different than being like Cuckoo takes too many penalties. Oh, what's that? Oh, one uh, no, no, I, I didn't like his, his style of getting beat and then taking that penalty right afterwards. For the record, uh, Brendan Perlini played a whopping 431 against the Flyers. Chris Russell has two penalties, has a penalty, and he's played half as many games. Yes, but I like Chris Russell's game better. So Dan would put in Chris Russell. Tyler is going to have an aneurysm. Yeah. Rick, are you making any changes to the lineup? Yeah, I'm going to bring, uh, I'm putting Benson and McLeod in on the fourth line. I'm leaving Yamamoto for about 10 games to try and figure it out. I understand it's probably a little bit longer than some people like to see, but I think we have the uh, the luxury of being able to do so with that first <laughs> line, the third line, the power play. I think you have a little bit extra time to allow it to happen. After that, then you have some issues to deal with. But, uh, Who are you I'm taking just, out for those two? Sorry. Oh, I'm gonna take it out Perlini and Turris. And yeah, I like the, the speed of shore in there with those two guys. Would McLeod be the center or Shore? Uh, I'm going to have Shore taking the face-offs, and then if you want to swap him up uh, midway, go right ahead. But uh, I just believe Shore is better in the dot than, than McLeod. If I'm, just to wrap this up, for the delicious debate for Oodle Noodle, I would put in Benson. Why not? I don't think Perlini's done anything to necessarily merit the spot or, say, lock it in, written in pen. So why not? Benson, I like 
Bouchard up on the first pairing with Daryl. Great. Keith CC is what it is. The mm. third pair, the third Doable. pairing is an adventure. Barry, had a, I thought Barry was pretty good, especially Barry, in the offensive man, zone. Man, that goal he scored too. We're going to talk about the Philly game here right away, but I thought Barry looked better against Philly than he has. Yeah, because he, he looked pissed like off he wanted he got, out of the bottom. He got he was pissed off because he got knocked down the line. To disagree yeah. with Dan, I would probably have Cuckoo. Yeah, but, I, I, Cuckoo's way better in the offensive zone. He moves just as well as Chris Russell does, and he's a bit more of a physical presence. Um, Let's sorry. Go ahead, Tyler. No, I was just gonna say I'm cool actually with Yamamoto staying in the top six as well. Like I don't have a huge beef with it because, like Dan said, he does get in on the forecheck well and he does do. He does need good. to cash it. The reality He's, is you can't yeah, you yeah. can't survive in the top six just generating chances. Are you looking at putting a different goaltender in um, Saturday if you don't think Smith is ready to go for no, I'm Monday? I'm not playing Stuart Skinner in an NHL game. Well, I'm playing Koskinen. He, he looked fine last year, didn't he? I know there, we he won got, that game. He, got, yeah, the, he played um, against Ottawa. Four, I think they, they, they got four or five, I think, in that one, right? Yeah, that was yeah. A, yep. I'm not um, I'm not sitting a goalie who has a 926 save percentage through four appearances or whatever for an AHL goalie. So yet. you don't think that part of yesterday, of last game was that overload, uh, too much work already, right? No. I said, that last, I said that last year, well, too. Well, let's I talk just, about the, the loss to Philly because it was the Oilers' first loss of the season. But first, we've got to give a shout-out to our friends at Cornerstone Insurance. Go to cornerstoneins.ca. They've got a new tool on the website, Dan, something I know you're going to be excited about. Always they got a quote finder for you, so you can get yourself an insurance quote. comes up in a couple of minutes. Four score need. and seven years ago. Not nearly that long anymore. Minutes. We're talking minutes, people. Cornerstoneins.ca. And, of course, they've got all the products you could ever need. Citizens of the nation get themselves a little discount. Buttons on the left-hand side of the screen. Cornerstone INS dossier. So let's just jump into that game against Philly. First loss of the season. Personally, I thought the Oilers played well enough to probably win the game. They needed a save for Miko. But I'm not as mad as Miko as some people are because the back-to-backs, I thought he played very, very well. The game winner, I did not like whatsoever. That's a shot he should stop. I didn't five like hole? the five-hole. Yeah. straight through. I... That was a slap shot from the top of the circle. No. Clear he, lane out. He, he has that. to stop that. The I didn't like the second goal where everybody's talking about on the broadcast how Mike Smith is teaching Miko how to handle the puck and all that. And like, okay, I get it. Mike Smith's very good at it. That's his thing. Miko, just stay in the net, buddy. Yeah. Just Miko's come out a lot more in this. Yeah, that more. one definitely bit him. That one bit him. I think he had two actually that bit him. Yeah. Um I was more annoyed he, about the second one than Jeru's the first goal, but your point is correct. He's wandering out more. So just, hey, man, stay in your net, bro. Well, that's, that's, boy. that's my thing was it, for him. I would hope that after the first one and especially after the second one, you're definitely going to err on the side of stay in the net. And there was a but couple of more your, opportunities. But you don't change your game plan when something like that goes. I, yeah, but it, it felt like to me with him, he was pushing it further. Like he was going out for pucks that were getting slapped around the boards as if he could stop those, which Smith can, and I just don't have the same confidence in Koskinen. And that's just not his game. Like Bag Milk said, that's Mike Smith's game. Play the puck. What does that say? I like say? it a little I bit. I can't see that from here. I, should, I went to go look up what Koskinen's stats are this year, and NHL.com just says Miko Koskinen does not have any. <laughs> he has no NHL stats. They just refuse to acknowledge that Miko Koskinen exists on the Oilers anyway. website. On the NHL website, yeah, like the holiday he, there. Koskinen had a rough game, but he has a 926 save That's percentage thing, and a yeah. 262. Yeah, so game. I'm going for back sure. to Costco tomorrow for yeah, sure. Going back, I'm even, still even okay if with Smith it. is 90, percent I'm going back to Costco. What if I'm Smith's not, like 70, percent and no. you know Costco's going to pick up like say all three games next week? Then yes, I know. No. <laughs> sooner or later, um, no, I, I'd, I'd still go with him on Saturday. And if Smith still isn't healthy, like Nashville Rangers, do we have somebody. any update on Smith at all? Like, is he scared? Yeah, he was practicing in pads today. 
Um, yeah, he had a full practice, I think. Is what he he was practicing with Schwartz yesterday, I yeah. think, too. Okay, yeah. so... But he's if, close. I think he'll be ready to go by next I, week. Looking at the beginning of November, we got Vancouver, obviously, tomorrow. So that's the 30th of October. Monday is a home game so. against the Kraken. Wednesday is Nashville. Then the 5th is Kevin Rangers. Low Knight. That's the Rangers. Yeah. So I'd go Koskinen Saturday. If Smith isn't ready, i go Skinner on Monday, then Koskinen Wednesday, and then Smith next Friday. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that because then you're putting Stuart Skinner in a spot to at least succeed because... But you're also breaking up the three games in five days for Koskinen. And you're, yeah, like you're taking that week with three home games and ideally giving every goal you start. If yeah. Smith isn't healthy. If Smith's healthy, I'm going Smith, Seattle, Smith, Rangers, Koskinen in the middle against Nashville. I bet right. you if we if Koskinen is the reason we lose Saturday, Smith plays Monday. I think he can't is fuck one with of those his guys. health. Though, right? I know, but I he's know. one of those guys that just comes and says that he's good to go, even if he has a leg that's hanging off. Uh, what else do you guys think of the game against Philly? I was, I mean, it's funny how good the power play is, and when they don't <laughs> score on almost every fucking chance they get, you're like, hey, "Come on, man, what's going on?" They went one for four against Philly. Would have been obviously been nice to get at least another one to get the extra point. But what else do you guys see in that game against Philly? Philly. Absolutely. I was blown away by their shot blocking. There was one point in the game where they had 19 block shots and 18 shots on Koskinen. So, like, I mean, that's that's an impressive game. And when you're getting in front of Evan Bouchard's shot and McDavid... God damn, can clap it, can he? It's unreal. But there's got to be something said about avoiding the shot blockers as the offensive team there. If you're just getting yeah. shot blocked all the time, that's frustrating. you got to find a way to get those around through. Uh, you got to find a way to uh, get those on net. So but from it, the NHL side, just to Dan's point, yeah. before you continue, 26 blocks for the Flyers compared to seven for the Oilers. It just felt like the team, it feels like this team is getting the idea of, you know, you shoot the puck and good things happen. And that's just a game where, you know, Koskinen had a couple gaffes. The, the, um, the, the offense missed on a couple shots. Like Turris had a, had a wide open shot at well, one time or wide open yet. Nuge JP missed it. So missed it, it's just, it's just the, and Yamamoto again, you know, we talked about it a few times. He's, he's snake pit. So yeah, I, I, I didn't hate the game. I just, there was a couple of situations where I thought they could have, uh, could have capitalized. Tomorrow, the Oilers are playing Vancouver for the second time this season. First time since the season opener. Tyler, when you're looking at the Canucks, I know you're going to do the giant pregame show with Caroline tomorrow. What are you seeing with the Canucks? Because to me, they're an interesting team. I'm thinking about the wrap-up. I got a re- or, uh, the, the GDB for tomorrow at OilersNation.com. I'm looking at them, and they're a team with so many players that can burn you, but they can also look like complete dog shit yeah. at the same time. So they're a really weird team to try and figure out. Not to mention Demko's been excellent for them in net, so he can steal a game on his own. This is a this is going to be a tougher one for the Oilers than I think maybe some people think. I think you're going to see a different team come out and play them. I don't think you'll see the team um, the the way they played uh, Philly. I think you'll see them come out a little hungrier. They're on the road again. Um, it's a divisional game. They have at least one under their belt without, you know, like fucking four and a half weeks in between games. Um, you're going to see a different version of the way this come out tomorrow. I think they can put up two or three in the first period, and I think they're actually that one's going to look a little bit easier for us. Do you guys think that they've bucked this uh, long overhaul or long off time uh, issues where they come back and they just don't necessarily have the best? Uh, they played good. Against yeah, they, yeah, I did I not didn't say anything bad like, against the Flyers. I just. Yeah. They just they were a little bit snake bitten, couldn't Sorry. buy couldn't buy that goal. I just wanted um, to know what your guys' thoughts were. On yeah, that. I think that that's kind of a an older o- an older uh, fan type of thing that we have uh, PTSD about. 
Yeah, that's fair. Sorry, back to the Canucks. I that's did think, well, against Philly, I thought I was worried about them having no energy just because yeah. I know what happens to your body after a bender in Vegas. <laughs> I don't care if you're a pro athlete. I know what goes on that's fair. It's in a the little days following the Vegas a trip flu. home to Vegas. Yeah. So I, th- I was worried about their energy, but they were fine. They just they made mistakes, unfortunately, that ended up in the back of the net, which is something that they can't do tomorrow against Vancouver because there's guys like Elias Patterson who's having a slow start for the Canucks right now. They're over at Canucks Army. They're freaking out about it a little bit. But you know the guy can score if you give him the chance. Brock Besser can score. Bo Horvat seems to be an Oilers killer these days. Like The Canucks have players that can fuck with you if you let them. And they have former Edmonton Oilers, Alex Chai Chai Son. Chai Son. Chai Son. Chai is on. Chai is on. Yeah, Chai T, he was the answer. We don't need him to be tomorrow. So just, the others just need to tighten up the details, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, both these teams, I was just looking at some of the numbers, like not great five-on-five five teams, neither of them. Um, so if you're the Oilers, just try to get this thing into a spot where, you know, your special teams can come through, right? Play play the game tied 2-2 at five-on-five, five, get your power play to get you a goal or two, and you'll win the hockey game. If your power play doesn't come through and the goaltending's below average, you're probably not winning the hockey game, but... This team needs to win a game five on five for once. Well, yes. they do. Yeah. Like they need to get better at, at, you know, producing and preventing at five on five. Although I will say they've done a good job of keeping teams kind of the outside for the most part. Um, but that again comes back to the goaltending, right? If you keep teams that, to uh, the outside, not minding the Korski as Dave Tippett Korski said. Korski and the Fenske. That was funny. Um, I like that. Yeah, the Canucks power play isn't very good. I do love how easily triggered the analytics community is oh. when it comes to that kind of stuff. Because I looked at it, like, that on I was like, Dave, come on, man. But then at the same point, I'm watching Twitter. And I'm just like, oh, well, you got all of you. You, you know he's just like sitting the, back scrolling through Twitter in his own <laughs> office there, right? Like, <laughs> just that le- evil uh, Mr. Account. Burns laugh. His uh, burner account, he's poking the bear with people. <laughs> Canucks are like bottom third in power play percentage and PK percentage. So if you're the Oilers, you need them. to beat these guys. Yeah, play them straight at five on five, beat them on the special teams, and that's probably the recipe for success. I would say also just stay disciplined because while their power play isn't great right now, why wake it up? Yep. Why wake it up? So around the horn really Speaking quickly. Of waking up. Yeah, Tyler. That was a big yawn, huh? <laughs> Unbelievable, this guy. Get some sleep at night. I know. Uh, around the horn real quick. Tomorrow, Oilers, Vancouver, Canucks. Score predictions, Nation Dan. 5-1. Rick? Edmonton. 6-2 Edmonton. Trevor? Uh, 5-3 Oilers. 4-2 Oilers, as always. All right. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love How it. many times have you used this now? Three years in a row. Yeah. Uh, people will figure it out eventually. All right. Uh, before we move on to Ask the Idiots, I do want to bring up a little piece of Oilers history and just get everybody's take on it. 20 years ago this week, the Todd McFarlane jersey was uh, released for the Oilers. And Brownlee wrote about it. Zach wrote about it on OilersNation.com. Reading through the comments, people were pretty split on that jersey, and I don't really get it. Personally, I love the Oilers logo, like the OG logo. Love it. But I'm also not opposed to mixing it up, having something a little bit different. And I thought that that jersey at that time was cool. It was different. The creator of Spawn fucking designed it. He was part of the OEG at that time. I thought it was all cool. And if you read Brownlee's article on OilersNation.com, you see how OEG was not a rich ownership group at that time. And those jerseys sold very well. And they needed it to because they needed to pay bills. So I just want to know what your guys' thoughts are on that jersey then. Maybe we were all kids at the time. Tyler wasn't even alive, I don't think. Yes, it was. That was actually the first Oilers jersey I ever owned. And I want to know, had. 20 years now of hindsight, what you think about it looking back. Dan, I'll start with you. Well, my first ever uh, 
McFarland and only ever McFarland jersey was stolen from me, so that still hurts. Did you have somebody on it? Uh, Kevin Lowe signed it. Yes. Wait, hold. Came, wait, 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 wait. But I lived in Halifax. Wait, wait, wait. I think I read the tweet. Did you not lend it and then they yeah, did not she, return I gave, it? I gave it to her to wear for Halloween. Yeah. And then she didn't ever return it. Said that she tried to return it, but didn't. that was a tough lesson for young Dan, was. which was then. That probably have some hoodies that are out there missing somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So if you're a young gentleman listening to this right now, don't lend out your hoodies. Yep. Or at least charge a deposit. Sorry, Dan, I'm cutting you off. That's okay. Yeah. So for me, it was, I I love that jersey. I I don't get the hate that, like, it's a jersey that the Edmonton Oilers wore. Like, just just recognize it it for that. Like, it's fine. But, yeah. Meh. It was cool at the time. Uh, Royal Blue or nothing right now. Yeah, I'm still with you. Like, Royal Blue. Like, it's right there. Give it to me, for fuck's sakes. Well, I was thinking about this. Like, what are the... what are the, There's got to be, like, five polarizing debates within Oilers fandom that we Delicious could debates? hit on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because there's... So, it's always Jersey talk. What else can you can you talk about that could polarize the Oilers fandom? Uh, the Pronger thing. Yeah, Pronger, Pronger is still probably uh, Analytics. There, yeah. Analytics. Yeah, analytics for sure. Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall. Yeah. The Hall yeah. trade, yeah. yeah. So the, Taylor Hall, period. One? Yeah. What's what's the the um, my take on the McFarland jersey. 80s Oilers. Yeah, maybe. The same people. Old club. <laughs> the same people who love it, because it's nostalgia, right? For them, the same people who love it, if that jersey never existed and they released it today, would hate it. I would love probably. it. Probably. I'd probably love it, actually. I think there's a lot of people who just like it because, you know, it was different, it's nostalgic. They were That's teenagers why I liked when it was around. It was yeah. different. Um, and I think there's a lot of people where if they put it now, they're like, oh, money grab. And it's also something you can clamor about. It's something, oh, give us, tell the team to give it back to us. If it was there available, then they'd be like, mm, can I turn their nose up to it? But because <laughs> yeah. you can't really get it, they want to like yeah. uh, create a stink about it. Not everybody's out here buying five Ryan Nugent Hopkins jerseys, you know? You know what I'm pissed about is I got, got the reverse retro. And yeah. tell me how many times they're wearing it this year. Zero. That jersey's so sick, the fuck? dude. That it's should so be their good. full-time road jersey. That was actually kind of bummed, so... If you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I made, it was on this podcast or if it was on real life, I don't remember. But I said if Ryan Nugent Hopkins signed an extension, I was going to buy all his jerseys. This podcast. I can't get the reverse retro. I, have, on, I can go and order a blank. Order it on Fanatics and then take it to... So uh, I was talking to the folks at the sports closet and there's like getting the numbers and the lettering for those is more difficult than you probably think. So the ones that I've got coming are the standards. Pro-Am. Might have to. That's what I did with, that's what I did with but my... But I did uh, buy three jerseys. Orange 98. I did buy three jerseys, so there. The bet is there. And you're going to see some content out of it. <laughs> the prophecy has been fulfilled. That's right. So are you going to one day do like the whole t-shirt cam thing uh, in the stands? And like after like Nuge scores a hattie, are you going to you know dance in the stairs and start taking starts, one oh, and then another one? And then another one. And you have to wear all And the one years. underneath. But the, but the last one is just like, a, like a, it's painted on. <gasps> yes. It's oh, painted on. Yes. Yeah. Every time. You could do the Royal Blue. You could do the McFarland. Whatever you want for that. Every third, nation that vacation one. from now on, back milk. Can you imagine? Well, I actually own five now. Just waddles. Could in, you like, imagine I roll into the next nation vacation, which fingers crossed is in Nashville in April, and I'm wearing five nudes jerseys, and he scores, <laughs> and I'm just ripping them off? Oh, man, what a time. To Did we lucky. talk to Jay and make this like a two-week trip, too, by the way? I think we, we could all use a couple extra days there. Based on his food touring, we need an extra couple of days. Yo, there's a Taco Bell cantina there. Oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. some good audio okay. right there. <laughs> Tyler's Tyler is about back. The cantina. I'm excited. I want to go oh, so bad. Like, yeah. I don't know what it was for you guys last weekend. It was Vegas last weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that hurt. It was rough. That hurt. Mm-hmm. All right. That's what we got to get to ask the idiots so we can move on and get over the sadness. 
that comes with a missed trip to Vegas. Busterspizza.ca, they're here for you. I want to shout out our friend at uh, Surveyor Brett, friend of the podcast. He won that $50 GC. We have got another one to give away next week. Tyler, write that down. He's busy. <laughs> He's writing it, don't worry. Ask the idiots. So if you want to participate, if you want to get <laughs> entered into the draw to win the $50 Buster's Pizza GC, you just got to hit me up with a question for Ask the Idiots. Remember, don't send them to the podcast socials. Send them directly to me because I don't want the boys to see the questions. This is right off the top of their head. If you go to busterspizza.ca, you can see all of their delicious offerings as well as the location of their 11 spots around the city. There's one near you, promise. All right. This question was submitted from Evan, not Evan, the former intern, different Evan. Sorry. Sorry, Evan, wherever you are. If you were to put toughness, skill, chemistry, and coaching into a percentage out of 100 in terms of importance. Okay. We need to write these down. Write those down. I need a whiteboard. Hit me with them again here. So you've got toughness, skill, chemistry, and coaching. Those are your four options. And you've got a percentage out of 100. You've got to delegate those four items. So you can do 25% each, equal importance. You can do more importance for coaching or skill or whatever. Mm -hmm. How would your breakdown go, Tyler? So just off the top of my head here, so there's four things. So, you know, an average of- We 20, also get some of your Remchuk math here, yeah. so this is going to be good. Average of 25 each. Skill, I would say, is 60% of it in the NHL. No, I'm going higher. This is what you want. Yeah, this yeah, is what yeah, you're putting your team together. I seventy percent skill. That's the most important part for me. And then I uh, I would do five percent toughness, and then fifteen percent, ten percent coaching, and ten percent chemistry. Yeah, so I think I'd go seventy percent skill. You're down five percent. Well, I still have an extra five. Right <laughs> <laughs> you all knew what was coming. You're ram check math. Seventy percent skill. Write that down so I don't mess up the math. Fifty percent pain. Five percent toughness. Twelve and a half percent chemistry <laughs> and twelve and a half percent coaching. Bang. That'd there's, be it. There's Tyler. Dan, you're split. Uh, I'm just finishing my Urem Chuck math. I'm saying toughness twenty percent, skill forty percent. Chemistry, 35%, and coaching, 10%. Welcome to the, Chemistry, welcome so to the late 90s. You think if you just throw a bunch of like AHLers out there who <laughs> like Vegas each Golden other. <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights proved my chemistry point. I think that that team came together and had all kinds of chemistry and not necessarily all the skill in the world, and they blew it away. You disagree with me, Rick? They had a lot of skill. They were, they were skilled. I think they had I think they had some good skill, but most of it was like Jonathan Marsa show. Let's make yeah, oh yeah, for David sure. David Prawn underrated. David Prawn's underrated as yep. hell. William Carlson had a forty goal. How season. is David Prawn getting better as he gets older? It doesn't make sense. It feels like he was on the Oilers like twenty years. ago. I know. So like what the fuck? Well, he, he was the Yakupov whisperer. Yeah, it was. That was his last shift. No, that was Derek Roy. That was Derek, Derek Roy. Oh, you're right. Yeah, oh, Derek, I, I said Derek Ryan. Derek Ryan. <laughs> uh, uh, Rick, what is your one hundred percent split? Skill, chemistry, coaching, toughness. Also, Tyler, you, rolled, you rolled your eyes at my 20% toughness, Tyler, and we're I coming did. back to that. We 80% down. skill, 10% uh, chemistry, and 5 and 5. There you go. You've got 100? good chemistry and got good skill. Your coach is pretty useless. I'm going to say... Mm, I'm going to say... 60% skill, 20% chemistry, 15 coaching, 5 toughness. Dude, go back to ice hockey, like the original Nintendo. You had the skinny guys, the mediums, and the fat guys. 
<laughs> if, you had three skin, if you had three skinnies, you'd get knocked down around. If but you'd win that game. But you'd win that game. You had three of the fatties. You're not winning. You may, win all, you, may win all the puck, you may win all the board battles, but you're not winning the game. He's got a hell of a slap shot, but he just can't. He's not as mobile. The video games have handed out the Stanley Cup to the Toronto Maple Leafs the last like six years. Not the ones when I'm playing. That's just when you let the computers take over. That's why algorithms don't work. All right. But for, tough, but, sorry, I have to come back to this bag. Yes. Tyler, you don't like toughness <laughs> on a team. You don't think toughness has a place in hockey? Certainly not 20%. <laughs> See, but I don't think I don't look at toughness as just being physical. toughness. <laughs> I think it's mental toughness too. Uh, I just like, I honestly, I believe that toughness is a part of like, yeah. there's skill a reason that the though. guy skill absolutely plays a role, but skill beats it. Connor McDavid has a quote. And I can't remember it specifically. Shows you how I saw it. it was. I saw it in a gymnasium. Drink when I the voted. pick, I believe. In a gymnasium is. when I voted, by the way. There's a Connor Here, McDavid to... quote on a gym in Edmonton. I am going to get a picture of it. It's I'm surprised. It. Why? Why not? Thelma, I'm surprised Thelma, the school's Thelma not named Shalafu. after him. I just go around to schools and write things on their Junior walls. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it says something like, uh, "Skill can only take you so far. It's the drive to do it." Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where the toughness comes into it. So Question number. Wait, now you're just like fudging. But also, but also the New York Islanders prove that point i don't think that's a very skilled team but that's a very good team they're super deep and well coaching they're well coached that comes into chemistry as well coaching and then the dallas stars same thing not a lot of not a lot of ton of not a ton of for the record neither of those teams have won anything but they've both been uh, within a step of it number two oh here's your ribbon then ask the idiots for buster's pizza (laughs) dan i'm starting with you would you flip a struggling berry plus yamamoto for a proven top six winger who is it yeah, like they didn't. Give, uh, obviously, they didn't give you an example. Um, no, it just says Bouchard takes Barry's spot and Broberg takes a third pairing. And that's for Mitch. For Raquel. Ah, uh, you just now you're just trying to make <laughs> friends with Tyler again. Uh, Tyler, what do you Tyler hasn't made eye contact with me in a while. No, I just the the whole idea of like oh trade Barry and Yamamoto. You're not trading Barry by the way because he's here for four years. Three, three, three. Uh, Cece's here for four. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Uh, the problem with trading Barry is like you can't go to a rebuilding team, right, and be like, "Hey, you want Tyson Barry?" Like, why they would they'll just be like, "No, we don't want the five million dollar thirty year old." You're telling me you don't think he's tradable in the off season? Whether you would do it or not, I no, can honestly see it. He might be tradable in the off season. Yeah, yeah. But if the, coming up to the deadline, okay, like, if you're moving him to a contender, like yeah, that yeah, just doesn't yeah. make a ton of sense. If you're trying to get cap relief, you're moving Koskin and at the deadline, you're not moving Barry this summer. Yeah, I could see it. Um, at the deadline, though, like the idea of flipping him to a you do not move team. two roster players at the deadline. For yeah, that I, just get, I get happen. that. I get that. But let's just say it's the off season right now. Which who are you good? Are you cool with making that trade? Oh yeah, because I think Bouchard I is more than capable of second. Taking like if you're sitting there in the off season and yeah, it's like Jake DeBrusque for like Yamamoto and Barry. Like yeah, I do that probably. I just said it off the cuff because I do yeah, that a lot. I don't know. If, I think you get some more offensive skill. Than I think you'd be close. Rick, would you make that trade? You're a Yamamoto guy. Barry uh, I, plus uh, Yamo for. Yeah, I mean, it obviously comes down to who the other player is, but there's definitely players in the league that uh, that I would make that deal for. This whole offseason, we talked about how we don't want to trade away guys at the bottom of their <laughs> potential. I just yeah, wanted to throw low. that out there. That's like, what it's, just, it's tough, and, at that, and I know you were just presented with a trade by somebody randomly, and so it's Mitch. not like from Mitch. But uh, there's, there's, but players, there's players in the league 
that you'd sign off to right now. Of course, but that's the thing is that then the other side of the conversation is who it, it comes no, down right? to who yeah. it is for. So yeah. technically, yes, I'd make that trade, but it, it's not going to be super duper easy. Right. Question number three, ask the idiots for Buster's Pizza. Rick, I'm starting with you. Assuming injuries have never been an issue and Clefbaum had been able to develop just like Darnell Nurse has, who do you think would have been the better all-around hockey player? That was from Blake. I'll just throw that's my actually, that's actually a t- That's actually a tough one. Um, well, it depends on what you value because it's two different games. Yeah, like Dan Dan pretty. wants 20% toughness. Exactly. So I'm going Darnell. So I would go, I would go Clefbaum probably. That's really tough, man. I mean, they're, you're, you're talking two two players who would be playing good players. the same spot. Yep. Um, who God, I wish we had Clef Bomb. Fuck this. Different this tools. Different tools. Um, you know what? When it comes down to just stats on the paper, I think I'd have to go with Nurse because he's just put – I think he – I don't know this for sure at all, by the way, but I feel like <laughs> he's just put up more offense than uh, than Clef Bomb has. He, obviously, he has um, the the better line mates, the better teammates to play with. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with, I'm gonna stick with Nurse. I like some of the tough. Like I've not never said toughness is not a thing for the league. Um, I do agree with a lot of things that he can do out there. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going Nurse. I keep talking myself even more onto it. So yeah, we're going Darnell. Tyler, I don't know. I like, I love Clef. Me too. And very like, handsome. This team with Clef bomb instead of like Cece. Fuck, they're so much closer to a cup contender. Yep. If, if yeah. the left side of your blue line is Nurse Clefbaum, are if you Clef kidding Bomb's me? Clefbaum's here, Larson is still here. That's I, I believe that as well, too, yeah. yeah. Um, man, it, I mean, it's making me sad thinking about it. Um, <laughs> I I would go Clefbaum. I think he was a little bit less prone to mistakes. Um, I, I like his offensive upside, like his, his ability to run a power play. I like abs, it a little bit more. The abs. Yeah, the abs are great. Thank you. Um, it's real close, though. And honestly, like... I can't. It's a really hard question for me to answer because I think right now they would be like two legitimate top pairing teammates. I've yo-yoed back and forth. Yeah, I, can't. I would say, I honestly don't know. Like, I'm not sure in my answer. I would say just because this team has Tyson Berry, I guess like that. Yeah, that would say that would be why I want to say I want Darnell Nurse because you need that. They have to me, Evan Bouchard before they have Tyson Berry. Well, right now. yeah, but Evan or Tyson Berry is the leading scorer in the league. Was. But, Question number four, ask the idiots. We're working along. Is Zach Hyman the 2021 version of Ryan Smith? No. Why not? He's better. Ooh, oh, spicy take. Wow. That's a hot I didn't expect wow. you to go there. He's, he's got more, more offense. He's like, more skill. Like Smitty, Smitty was blue collar. Smitty was get to the get to the front. Um, took a thousand cross checks to his back. A couple pucks to the face. But in terms of just um, stick on puck skill. I think Hyman has him beat. Uh, in terms of flat-out speed, I'd assume Hyman has him beat. The heart, I'm not one to measure that, but uh, it's tough to it's tough to out Smitty Smitty when it comes to the heart. But uh, when it comes to just talent uh, on the ice, I, I, I believe that uh, Hyman has him beat right now. Dan, what do you think? Well, the difference for me is just going to be... I'm still going to say Your Smith heart. just because... because Your uh, heart. Definitely my heart, but also Smith didn't have Connor McDavid. Smith had, Smith had Doug Waite had Billy or Bill Guerin Rosie as his line mates. Chopper. Would you do you think that do you think, do you think Hyman was gonna do is gonna do with those guys what he's doing with Connor McDavid and what he's going to do with Connor McDavid? Well, look what he did with uh, Austin. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think you just made Dan's argument even stronger. <laughs> <Tyler>? <laughs> um yeah, sure. I'll say he is. You know, fan favorite goes to the net. 
Scores some goals. Isn't what did I say? To get a little greasy. Fan favorite by Halloween, yeah. and here we are on October 29th, and I'm fucking nailing it. We're also, having. I also want to say, no one ever disagrees yeah. with you on that. <laughs> Let me have like my that. moment. Let me have my. I moment. said Connor McDavid was going to be a good player this year. Just give that to me, okay? I you know what? It. If he keeps it up, this kid might have a career. You know. <laughs> All right. So let us know. Owen Radio Podcast is Hyman's Ryan Smith. Uh, Moving along, ask the idiots. Is Zach Cassian back, Tyler? Yeah, he is. Um, he's moving his feet well. He's engaging physically. He's up to his old antics. He's scoring goals and he's getting chances. I've loved what I've seen from Zach Cassian. As this is coming from a guy who would have traded him for a third round pick this summer if if I was given the opportunity. So yeah, love to see the bounce back from Zach Cassian. He's showing that when he's on his game, he's an important part of this team. So this has been great to see. And hopefully, you know, we're six games in. Gonna do some math here. Hopefully, we get seventy-six more games of this from him, and then even more in the playoffs. Uh, I'm just gonna tag on to Tyler's answer with saying I agree. Zach Cassian's back. I would have traded him too, but he's looked great so far early in the season. He's hitting. He's doing all the things. He's blowing kisses. Blowing kisses. Man. That's the Cassian we need. Rick is Zach Cassian back. Right on. Right on board with you guys there. Um, you've seen it out there. There's a, there's a massive difference between him with the crowd, him without the crowd. Kissy face, um, Calgary, Calgary reawoke him, I think. Yep. And uh, yeah, we'll send a, a nice little thank you to him because that's uh, he's a very important player on this team when he's playing uh, when he's playing at his best. Dan, big cast. You guys put me in a tough spot. I have to be the contrarian, and I can't. Yeah, you don't yeah, have to. Just, be. He's back. He's just he is. He's back, and and I'm I want him to just stay healthy. That's the main thing. Just stay healthy, and he can continue to be the effective player he is. Last question for Ask the Idiots this is for Buster's Pizza at Buster'sPizza.ca. This morning, Morgan Riley with the Toronto Maple Leafs just signed a eight year extension worth a with a AAV of seven point five million. How does that compare? to Darnell Nurse's $9.25 million extension that signed earlier in the summer. Dan? Sorry, what did he sign for? 7.5. Yeah. And then Darnell is in for eight years at 9.25. That's right. Uh, I don't think it compares just because they are different players, but uh, the issue was always with Darnell Nurse's was those bridge contracts. And so you you bridge him into that kind of a big smoke deal, especially when Seth Jones had just signed his deal. You're in a tough spot. So I, I don't necessarily think they compare. I still would have Darnell Nurse over Morgan Riley. Yes. Rick? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think uh, I'm, I'm taking Nurse every day before Riley. Um, I think Morgan took a, uh, a bit of a pay cut. I was surprised, actually. And uh, it's funny. I, I can't even take credit for this, but someone said on Twitter, it's, it's weird that he took the... Uh, he, he took the pay cut and didn't go for the wins either. <laughs> like, what a guy. Rim shot. Thank you. <laughs> Tyler. Yep. Morgan Riley, 7-5, or Daryl at 9-2-5? Um, man, $2 million, bucks, or almost $2 million bucks. That's a lot of money. Yep. Um, even in hockey terms. I, I'd still take Daryl. Uh, I just think... You know, maybe you lose a little bit on the on the power play quarterback side of things, but I think Darnell Nurse is just a little bit of a better all around defenseman. It's close though. Like if I'm starting a team and someone said, Hey, you can either have Nurse at his contract or Riley at his contract. And if I was like an expansion team, I'd I'd honestly probably just flip a coin to make life easier on myself because I think it's that close. I have a question for you then, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Morgan Riley or Oscar Clefbaum healthy? With his contract? Yeah. Well, oh, he Oscar. would have Oscar, Oscar, Oscar Nurse's contract. Oscar has nurse's contract, yeah. but he's healthy and I'm, I'm guaranteed the health. Clef bomb. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, yeah. If you guarantee the health, that takes if away you, a question mark. From, like, people are forgetting 
how good Oscar Clefbaum was yeah. when he was healthy. Like he was. You don't got to tell me, man. He was easily their best defenseman on that playoff run in 17, 2017. It wasn't even like yep. sure. that guy could log fucking minutes, and he. Oh, I just wish he could have stayed healthy because that's just that's a franchise altering thing. Yanni yep. Pitkinen. Should we be calling someone in Sweden right now to check up on his shoulder? Like, should we? <laughs> Please, I will. Like, I will. I will. Like, right now, I will start hoping and praying. That Kucherov situation year. for us. Come on, <laughs> come on! All of a sudden, Oscar's just like we get rumblings in like March or something. Oh yeah, Oscar Kleffbaum skating over in Sweden. You're like, or, what? Or has the shoulder pressing <laughs> 350 pounds? He like, comes yep, back a month before the playoffs. Oh baby. Uh, no, he needs to come back game one of the playoffs. No, no, no come it. back, oh. come back and start training in Edmonton. Right, wearing the Kucherov like, oh, shirt my though. God. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, I got to come back to Edmonton to get my shoulder checked with the team doctors. <laughs> Signs up to deal with Bud Light ahead of time. They're like, you walk into like a random downtown community rink and Power Play One is like working on shit. <laughs> club on there. You're like underground practices so the NHL doesn't find out. You're like at Tipton at midnight on a Saturday. It's it's like April 5th and the community rink is quiet and dark, but all of a sudden you just hear pucks ringing off crossbars and hitting the boards because Oscar Clefbaum is taking they're being Kate's They're being Kate's basement playing in that rink down there or wherever he's going. Wherever he rink. needs to be. Oscar, you get there, buddy. I miss you. All right, Tyler, get your buttons ready for Deuce Vodka. It is time for the hot and cold performers of the week. Let's wrap up this here podcast. If you go to deucevodka.com, I need you to check out the store locator. It's right there. It's a little button. It says find in store. That will tell you everywhere in Alberta you'll be able to find it. And if you're in Saskatchewan, I apologize to you. But the good news is you can reach out to sales at deucevodka.com. They will help you out with finding it. Get yourself a bottle. Enjoy responsibly. Maybe even have yourself a Super Sunday or a Neon Nation beer like our friend Brad Speco. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. Hot Cold Performers, Tyler, you got your buttons ready. I see you're at the Roadcaster. I'm starting with you. Your Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week. It's uh, just circling back to the Chicago thing quickly. It's the passing of the buck that we've seen. You know, yep. Stan Bowman goes, I told other executives. And Kevin Chevaldeoff goes, well, I thought it was going to be handled. And Joel Quenville goes, well, I was just focused on hockey. And then the Hawks put out a statement going, well, that was that was the then executives, not us now. And it was just kind of really annoying to see no one step up and say the two simple words, I'm sorry. And um, the passing of the buck in the Hawks situation, that uh, that gets my cold performer. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. Even in Joel Quinville's statement where he's like, my former team let Kyle Beach down or whatever he says. Yeah, like, no, like you man. did, you, man. You did. Uh, Nation Dan, you're next up. Deuce Hawk, cold performer of the week. Uh, my cold performer of the week is going to echo what Tyler said, but then I'll just go on to say the Seattle Kraken haters. The Kraken I have been them. doing... Why do, why do why you don't why like we gotta love this the guy? Seattle why do we Kraken, love this team? They They're out there just, to steal exactly what you want to go for. Can I do my cold performance? No. <laughs> no. Uh, the Kraken haters. So people watching the Kraken do their first game, they're crapping on them for all the pregame stuff that they're not doing or they are doing. Now we got people mad at them because they put up a Stanley Cup banner. And then people are complaining because they've got a, a fish tradition that they're trying to start, but also including other people in it. I just, it's not for us. So stop worrying about it and stop whining about it and just let them have their thing. Let them have their banners and, and whatever, and we can have some fun with it later. But uh, Seattle Kraken haters, you're getting my cold performer of the week. I'm very firmly on fuck the Seattle Kraken. Fuck everybody, actually. How's that? Fair enough. Rick, you're next up. Deuce Vodka, cold performer of the week. Oh, there's so many options here. And uh, you know what? Kraken people that the Kraken haters keep hating on them. I don't like them either. Um, I'm going to give it to the league. 
let's give it to the officials, man. There is like the schedule makers. There was the whole um, beach thing, like the the PA side of things. Um, You're just I'm, go, I'm going back up. to the I'm going back to the officials. I know we've beaten this like a dead horse. Um, I don't know how many times we have to see stupid little plays on Connor that don't get called, uh, things that get turned around and called the other way. I don't know what it takes to make this this league take its officiating seriously that has some construct, constructive criticism to it uh, that holds themselves accountable for, for poor officiating, but they're not doing anything about it. I know they've come out and said, you know, the cross-checks or whatever this year, and hey, well, fantastic, good job. Um, trippings, hookings, like there's just so much shit going on out there still that you randomly select what you do and don't like. It still seems, and I don't think it's game management, but I still think it's like a little bit of game management. It, they haven't figured it out yet. It's been a problem for a lot of years. And until they figure it out, it's going to be on the NHL. It, the officials, you're the cold performers. What the hell is going on? My D's vodka cold performer of the week is Tyler for his weird take on his water preferences. If you listen, if you listen to the explain. real life podcast yesterday, you would have heard Tyler talk about how he likes gritty water. Like, this is branded Gritty? So Gritty has his own water brand? No, I like just... 50 Cent has his own water? If you put in front of me an ice-cold Brita-filtered glass of water and a nice... Delicious. ...room-temperature glass of tap water, I'd take the room-temperature glass of tap water. Is it because it's temperature? Yeah, that, and I just, and you know, <laughs> I like the taste like of so, tap water. You like so the if, the Brita water, if the Brita water was just room temperature, would you that change your mind? Yeah, sure, I'd drink it. But I just, you know, I... <laughs> I don't have a water filter. My girlfriend had one. We've stopped using it because, damn it, this is a tap water household, and we fill up our water bottles. In but this it thing. is tap I water. Watched, I watched uh, that no Bill need. Nye special on Netflix, yeah. and he had a water sommelier in, and the water sommelier had, had three different types of water, Tyler. They had L.A. pipe water. Mm. Whoa, 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 whoa. Is that tap water? Is this like weird like drips coming out of it a was, pipe? No, no. It was just it was L.A. tap water, but okay, it was, good. it's full right, of stuff. Right. And then they had fluoride filled, fluoride filled water. Like and here. then they had astronaut pee water because they make pee out of astronaut they or water. water out of pee. Out. <laughs> yeah. And, Actually, uh, both are right. And they drank it. So which one would you drink, Tyler? I'd go with the LA tap water. Sounds good nice. to me. Go. <laughs> no, it's going to be a blind taste test. He's well, going to try yeah, all of yeah, them. By the way, Tyler, if you ever go to Mexico, do not drink the tap water. Stay at a hotel nice enough that they'll give you like bottles of water in the. Yeah, yeah, as long as it's not you can brush, we should, we should you do can brush a, your teeth, but do not go much further than that. Oh, Dan, should, I like where you're going with this. A water tasting series. We're going to do with a water Tyler. taste test. Oh, that's where we're talking about St. Albert water. Sherwood Park water. Water from the. water. From the arena at the Riviera Cabar Arena. No, I think next week on the podcast, I'm just going to bring in two bottles, one of which has tap water in it, Ooh. one of which has yep. room temperature Brita water in it. And we're going to see. We're going to see. Okay. Once and for all. That'd be nice. That'd be fun. Blindfold. Like yep. Yeah, blindfold. And taste this is like the Pepsi Coke taste test. It's exactly. all, but it's go all for. water. Uh, if you have a water preference like Tyler, let us know. And in the meantime, can I have a button? all righty let's wrap up this here podcast with the bright side from the last seven days it's time for the deuce vodka hot performers of the week and rick i'm gonna start with you you know what i gotta go to uh we're gonna go instead of taking all of them because i think dan might have one of these guys anyways we're gonna go to our young our young friend out in uh, in the ontario hockey league tyler tulio 
Ooh. Uh, he has, what, 12 points, 15, 12 assists, sorry, 15 points right now. The kid is on fire. Um, he's given uh, a lot of uh, a lot of upside for these uh, guys that are not in the top two teams of this organization right now. We turned it off. He's a hot guy. He is. <laughs> Dan, next up, Dizvac Hop from the week. Well, Rick, you put me to shame because I, I don't have a prospect picked out. Liam. Liam. Liam is now our prospect guy. I give him yep. three then. Uh, but uh, my hot performer, and it, I think everybody's just going to echo it, is is Kyle Beach for for everything that he did this week for the league, for everything he did to stand up for himself, uh, an inspiration. And I'm just in awe. <laughs> nice button, Tyler. Nice button. Tyler, next up, Dizvaka hop from the week. I really hope this works. Zach Hyman, because he's the reason we got to hear this a bunch of times. All right, just to wrap it up, my Dizvaka hot performer of the week is Connor McDavid. What else can you say about a guy who started the season with six multi-point games? The guy is an absolute freak. He's a unit. He's a game genie. He's playing a different game than the rest of the league. He's built different. Yes, he is. It's like... He's in. He, it's, it's almost like he should be called up to a different league above the NHL, but there, it just doesn't exist. So, Connor McDavid, you're my deuce vodka hop from the week. And how about bag milk focusing through Fluxland the whole time? Didn't skip a beat. Oh, I like it. This reminds me of actually, it reminds me of living with my brother because he used to just listen to this shit all. This is, if it was seven in the morning and he was getting ready for school, this is what he would put on. Really? Yeah, yeah so yeah. it just reminds me of my brother. Gotta get pumped up for social studies. Gots huh. to. Gots to. First block math. <laughs> <laughs> You can't right. tell me you've never gone to school with a sandstorm <laughs> pumping out of the oh, speakers in the Uramchuk mobile. Oh, yeah. I can say that. There you go. <laughs> sandstorm was not out when I was going to school. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe you were going to the station, Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Time? yeah. Everybody loves Sandstorm. And the goal song. So we'll just wrap it up there. This is how we're going to oh, end. This is a good little part of the end. Oilers Nation Radio, episode 164. I got to say thank you to DoorDash, Oodle Noodle, Cornerstone Insurance, Deuce Vodka, Buster's Pizza, and all of you for welcoming us into your ear holes. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Oilers game. Enjoy winning money that you learned or that you bet on from Tyler's picks. Yep. What do you got for us tomorrow? You got a preview yet? Or you haven't locked? Tonight, go uh, caps on the puck or on the puck Puck, line. Yeah. Puck line. Uh, You did win me some money yesterday. So I will say thank you, Tyler. Tomorrow, I think Oilers bounce back. I I might take Oilers puck line tomorrow night. There you go. There it is. Episode 164, Oilers Nation Radio. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shout out, Craig McTavish. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Real Life Podcast. Don't want to miss any of our nonsense? Hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. 
It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes, because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. 